Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast. I am your host as always, Travis Steffen. We got a lot to talk about today for your special episode, but I want to start off by the injury updates. Uh, It turns out that LDT has a sprained knee in his day-to-day, so what we thought could possibly be an MCL or ACL tear, thank God, it is just a sprained knee and... We could see him back as possibly as early as Sunday night as we head to Houston to face the Texans. So very good news there. Won't be out for a long period of time. Uh, Mitch Morris is still kind of improving. Uh, I still expect probably at least two more games without him. Uh, if we're lucky, just one game without him. Uh, Parker Einger could be any day now. Uh, they've kind of been really easing him back in, and I think that Andy Reid just does not want to push him, Uh, and I think that we could possibly see him Sunday, I don't know, Um, it's one of those things I could go either way on, uh, especially since Witzman had a pretty decent game against the Redskins, Andy Reid even said that it was his best game so far, but bringing in Einger right away against one of the best defensive lines going to, you know, I know he wouldn't be going really against JJ Watt a lot since JJ Watt usually lines up on the other side, but you know, there's, there's still some really good pass rushers on that team. And I don't know if this is the game to do it, but I guess we will see come Sunday night. Uh, D Ford is still not practicing. Um, I could go either way on that one as well. I don't know uh, if we will see him Sunday night. It's definitely very possible that we could, but if not, we'll probably see another uh, game of Frank Zombo, which I wanted, I wanted to talk about. I talked last podcast about how what I thought about Frank Zombo. And um, I had a couple people telling me that, you know, he didn't have a good game. I, I had someone tell me that uh, the run defense really hurt without Ford. And that one kind of surprised me. I thought, and that one came from someone I've known for a long time. And I really thought he was messing with me at first, but, um, I had to go back and watch the film because that is not something that I really remembered from the game. Of course, I didn't just follow Frank Zombo during the game. So when I went back and I looked at just watching Frank Zombo, um, I thought he had a good game. Uh, he got, you know, tricked on a couple play action plays, but other than that, I really saw a better run defense on that side than with D Ford. And as you know, I'm not a big D Ford fan when it comes to the run game. Uh, I think he's a good pass rusher. I think that he's a better pass rusher than Zombo. And I think he's better in coverage as well. But when it comes to the run game, I would way rather have Frank Zombo in there. Um, the thing to clarify with that, I th- and I clarified this when you know him and I talked today, is... 
when when D Ford sets the edge, it he does this thing where he just kind of hobbles around in in one place, and he never really makes an attempt to chase down the ball carrier or tackle him as he goes by or even like close to him. And it's something that really drives me insane where as, especially when I went over the film from Monday night, I was watching Frank Zombo and he would set the edge, but whenever the ball carrier even came near him, he made a play. He got off his blocker and tackled him. And that's, that's one of my biggest frustrations with D Ford. And so that's that's kind of what I meant as, you know, I know that D Ford is not terrible. Uh, I do think he is a liability, though, and that is a lot of the reason why is because a lot of times he just kind of sets the edge and then nothing. And so I I thought Sambo had a good game. I, I know that he doesn't really have any pass rush moves. It's really just a bull rush. But he was getting after the quarterback. And I thought that there was multiple plays where – he was almost there and was basically just shoving that left tackle back into the quarterback. And I thought he did a pretty good job. I wouldn't say anything spectacular, but it's like I said last time on the Tuesday podcast was that you're not going to get a bunch of plays that you just go, wow, or, you know, you're just blown away by, you're going to get an average guy. And that's kind of what you expect when you, you're talking about your backup who's a depth guy um don't get me wrong there's there is a drop off from forward to zombo but in that how it's supposed to be there's a reason that zombo's a backup and forward's a starter so i thought zombo had a good game he had the two stops on the goal line uh got off his blocker on second down and tackled the running back wrapped him up around the legs and then the second one uh a bad read on the option by cousins and Ford was able to snatch him up pretty quickly and brought up fourth downs and forced the the Redskins to kick a field goal instead of uh, getting another touchdown. But I thought he did pretty well. Um, I did not see anything that was like, Oh, you know, he's trash, blah, blah. I thought he had a good game. Um, Who knows? Maybe I'll write an article showing you guys what I saw, but Going back over it and looking at it, I thought he did really well. Most of the bigger runs came when the Redskins decided to run to the right, which was kind of surprising. You saw Justin Houston get double teamed quite a bit, sometimes even triple teamed. And so all in all, I think he had a good game. Uh, I I still don't see the hate that a lot of fans have for Frank Zombo. Uh, like I said, it's one of those things where – they're holding him to standards of Justin Houston or D Ford. And there's, like I said, there's a reason he's a backup. You can't hold your backup to the same standards as your starter, really. And just because they're not making all these crazy wow plays or he's not getting, you know, three sacks, it doesn't mean the guy is garbage. He's a great depth guy. I think, you know, he can step in at any time. And like I said, as long as it's not for, you know, numerous weeks, I'm okay with it. And I, I don't, I don't stress about it. I don't go, oh, crap. You know, Ford's not going to be in. We got Zombo. This is going to be a nightmare. I don't have that feeling. I think he did just fine, did what he was asked to do, and a lot of it he was asked to just contain Cousins. So, all in all, good game. Moving on. Um, 
Second thing I wanted to talk about was the Marcus Peters reactions. Um, there were some instance or in wow uh, instances in the game and on the sidelines that got a lot of fans a little ticked off. Uh, some of you were pissed off that he sat for the anthem again. Um, I mean, I don't I don't want to get in to the uh, protests, but. All I can really, all I'm really gonna say on that is, you can't really be mad at Peters for sitting and trashing him constantly when half the team sat last week, and I didn't see any of you guys bashing Travis Kelsey for kneeling, or some of these other players that were kneeling. But we're still on Marcus Peters for that. But that that's all I'm gonna get into with that. But um, yes, the he had an instance where he cussed at a fan on the sideline. Um, that's definitely something that cannot keep going. You know, uh, he definitely was heated during the game. He got beat a couple times, two of them for touchdowns. He, he had a bad game and with his competitiveness, he is, you know, he does need to grow up a little bit. I get that. He does have a temper and some of it I'm okay with, but you know, that that's crossing the line. I know that, uh, trail prior, had the same thing going into the tunnel, uh, actually flipped off a fan uh, who was calling him names. So, like I said, I think that fans are overblowing it and saying that, you know, he needs to be released, cut him, uh, you know, trade him away, blah, blah. That's not going to happen, guys. Come on. Uh, I think that those are going to be the same fans that even if it did happen – that are going to be complaining, oh, our secondary is terrible, blah, blah. Yes, he needs to fix his attitude. He needs to work on that. But that's something that Andy Reid's going to have to work on, and I trust him to do it. And we've seen uh, Travis Kelsey this last game had a really good game. No penalties because Andy Reid took care of it, and I hope that stays going forward. But Andy Reid is going to handle it behind closed doors. He's not going to do it to the public. Like he, he shot it he shot the questions down in the interview in the post game. He will he will take care of the problem and I think that the leadership on the defense will help as well. But I'm not worried about Marcus Peters having one bad game. Uh you might see some quarterbacks throw towards him after Cousins uh worked him pretty good uh on Monday night, but that's fine with me. If they if they if they think they can get away with throwing at Marcus Peters, let them. I see a couple interceptions coming out of some of those, so I'm completely okay with that, and I am not worried about him. So uh, this is one of the questions that I got, but I also wanted to talk about it, so I'll bring it up now. Uh, a lot of you wanted to see Passigno, uh against the Redskins, and I wrote an article on Arrowhead Addicts about this, and I don't think it was the right game to put him in. Um, he still is pretty raw material and he doesn't he hasn't really gotten anything down yet yeah he he looked okay in the preseason uh he did everything he was asked to do he moved everywhere along the line outside linebacker uh even went out in coverage a couple times but I don't want Passino in coverage it's like when they asked Tom Bahal Lee to go back in coverage you you just scream at your tv I don't want to see him in coverage there's no way a six seven 290 pound man should be back in coverage and that's what the Chiefs need especially against the Redskins who had 
a receiving back that is a threat. And so while Frank Zombo is not great in coverage, he's better than Passigno, I believe. And I still think that, you know, based off what we saw in the preseason, I saw Passigno get better each game and get a little more comfortable standing up and rushing from the outside. But I don't really expect to see a whole lot of him, at least till about halfway through the season. Maybe you see a couple snaps more here and there, but unless bar, you know, just barring injury, I don't see him coming in. I know we all want to see him. We're excited about this new guy, but I just don't think it, you know, it's time for him to come in. I don't think he's ready for it. And I think that he would get picked on quite a bit. Um, but that kind of also goes back into my talk about Frank Zombo and I'm not worried if Frank Zombo has to play. And so I'm okay with it. I think he needs more time to develop. I'd really like to see him work with Tom Bahali and, you know, work with the hand fighting from one of the best in the league to ever do it. Um, next would be to talk about, uh, some of you are frustrated with Tyreek Hill not getting the ball enough. Look, there's only so many passes in a game, and you're not going to get every single pass to a playmaker. And it's just like Travis Kelsey only had one catch last week against the Chargers. They're not going to have great game. Now, I definitely think he should have had more than one catch, but you're not going to have a great game every week. And part of... The scheming is rotating when you have three great uh, playmakers in Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt. You got to spread it out and you got to change up and rotate out who you're going to game plan with. And for this game, it was Travis Kelsey because the Redskins have good corners. And yes, Josh Norman went down at, uh, right before half, but and they took advantage of it. They put Travis Kelsey lined up on the far right. Got a touchdown right away. You're not going to have great games all the time from every playmaker. It, it's, it's how it is. Would I like to see some more you know, throws to Tyreek Hill? Sure. I, I don't think there's ever a time that I'm going to be telling you that they shouldn't. But you got to spread the ball around. You can't just throw it to Hill all the time. You can't have Hill getting you know, 10 receptions every game and expect him to keep doing well, they they have to show that they can move in different ways. And that way it's a lot harder for defense to scheme. And it could have been that, you know, maybe the Redskins were actually putting someone over the top. I saw that a couple times. So they're stacking them a little bit. So I'm okay with it. They're going to rotate guys out. I'm sure he'll get more uh, against the Houston Texans who have a weaker secondary. And I think that it will be a good testament to see what um, he can do against that secondary. But at the same time, you also have to realize that Alex Smith isn't getting a whole lot of time in the pocket. And once again, I cannot express enough how impressed I am with this Chiefs offensive line. And I don't mean that in the sense that they have been like one of the best in the league. I'm talking in the sense that you technically have three starters out right now, all three interior linemen, and then you had a tackle in Eric Fisher who didn't practice at all last week but ended up playing. And you saw what they did against the Redskins. Yes, there was pressure on Smith, and he got hit. But name another team 
that could have three backups on the offensive line, even if it isn't just the three interior, and then a tackle or someone on that line not practice all week and then come in still hurt and do as well as they did. I am completely satisfied with what I saw against the Redskins. So that just shows even not even just the offensive line, but all the penalties across the team. And we're still 4-0. That shows you how much depth this Chiefs team has. It is so impressive, and it is exactly what I mean when I tell people that Chiefs have probably the best roster overall in the NFL. And so, you know, you, you sit here and you see um, Raiders fans you know, like whenever Crabtree, like going into the Broncos game, they were already making excuses. Oh, well, Crabtree's not in, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Do you want me to start listing off the injuries that the Chiefs have? And they're still doing well. They're still getting downfield. You know, like we have so many key players out right now. And luckily, in a few weeks, we're going to have our full offensive line starters. Hopefully, as long as no other injuries get worse or happen, we should have our full starting offensive line in a few weeks. And I am excited. I really thought LDT was going to be a worse injury. And I'm so thankful that it was just a sprained knee. And I hope that he can get back and play on Sunday. And if not, I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to rush him back. But it is a very good defensive line for Houston. So that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on. But Smith is getting hit a lot. And some of that is the offensive line. Some of it is um, you're, you're playing really good front sevens. I mean, Eagles, one of the best lines in the league. Uh, Chargers have two of the best pass rushers in the league. You know, definitely top 10 for both of them probably. Uh, you got the Redskins who've got a really good front seven and good, some good pass rushers. They're, they're going to get to the quarterback, especially when you have three backups on the offensive line. But it is a concern. You know, all these hits that Smith is taking, and that's why I've been, you know, wanting him to escape the pocket more and get away from the pressure instead of taking the sacking, taking the hits. So... It is a concern of mine, especially since Smith usually misses about one game. I think three out of the four years he's been here, he has missed it or just one game. So, you know, who knows? We might have to see Mahomes come in for a game. But I'm not panicking, but it is a concern. I, I, you definitely don't want to see your quarterback getting hit as much as he is. I think they're, I think he's been sacked slash hit, I think, second worst in the NFL only to the Cardinals so that it is it is a concern but I want to talk after you know we we talk about all these injuries I want to talk about the AFC race not just the AFC West but the AFC in general and we're through the first quarter and we've kind of gotten a feel for what teams are there's you know still probably two more games until you'll really know what, what uh, each team is about but I want to talk about who the normal powerhouses are for the playoffs and are they as good as in years past? Are they as big of a threat to the Chiefs or how much of a threat are they to the Chiefs? And I want to talk about possible playoff contenders. 
So first off, I'll start with the Raiders. Everybody was talking about this juggernaut offense and how fantastic the Raiders are, all the hype in the world, talking about they're the ones to beat New England in Foxborough. And I think they are probably the most overrated team in the NFL, even now. And, you know, you can sit here and talk about how Derek Carr just got hurt. He's going to be out two to six weeks. And, yeah, that that is going to sting. And it's definitely going to lose them a couple games, I'm sure. But I don't think they're fully out of it. But the Raiders were getting all this hype after beating teams that weren't really anything to brag about. They beat the Titans. Titans defense has been pretty garbage this year, uh, which is really surprising because their front seven was actually pretty spectacular last year. But they've really struggled this year. And their offense couldn't get anything going. They were just not on the same page. So yeah, they beat the Titans and then they beat the Jets. And after that Jets game, because they put 40 points up on them, whoop-de-doo. It's the Jets, a team that is, you know, you know, just pretty much fire sailing and getting rid of anything for picks. Like, I don't understand why they were getting so much hype, but then they go to play the Redskins and... What happens there? They completely the Redskins completely shut their offense down. So did the Broncos. They can't they can't like they're not running the ball well. Marshawn Lynch is not beast mode right now. He has pretty much been a non-factor the last two games. Um and the other teams like the you know the Redskins and the Broncos are doing what the Chiefs always do. When they play the Raiders and why the Chiefs have been so successful against Derek Carr and the Raiders. They're taking away those short slant routes and short out routes or screens and stuff like that. And they're getting rid of all that and saying, hey, beat us deep. And it is destroying Derek Carr. He has not been able to do anything the last two weeks. And against the Redskins, they didn't even convert a first or a third down for a first. That is horrible. 11 third downs and zero conversions. And they looked pitiful against the Broncos as well. I mean, I think that you're starting to see that, you know, now that you take away that that short game, Derek Carr is overrated. I think he's a good quarterback, but this whole... You know, top five quarterback, I think, is absolute garbage. And, you know, a lot of people thought that this was this high-powered offense. And you got Amari Cooper, who has the most drops in the league. Crabtree was number three on that list for 2016. And so we haven't really seen them get going. We haven't seen Carr be able to get past teams taking away his short routes. And be able to beat them deep. In fact, I think Alex Smith throws a better deep ball than Derek Carr does. Uh, but I think that they are probably the most overrated team. And I think that it could quite possibly, even if Derek Carr wouldn't have got injured, I think the Broncos could have taken the number two spot in the AFC West. Because, you know, Chiefs are definitely going to win it. But here or there, when EJ Manuel came in to fill in after Derek Carr went down, the offense looked better with Manuel running it than it, they did Derek Carr. In fact, they were moving down the field. 
scored a field goal. We're moving down the field again, and then right around the two-minute warning, he threw a pick. Other than that, they were in that game. Uh, so going over to the Broncos' side, um, after the first two weeks, we've seen what their offense really is. Uh, Trevor Simeon is still doing Trevor Simeon things. He's still making bad decisions and looking like a pretty much backup quarterback, maybe low starter. Um, but they have a lot better run game this year. They got CJ Anderson back and they got Jamal Charles back there and stop saying you want to boo Jamal Charles. That drives me insane. He, he took a job that was offered to him after the chiefs cut him. They were not faithful so, yes, he took a job with the Broncos because they offered him a job. And then when they gave him a job, he praised him for it. Why wouldn't he? You're going to praise the guy that just got you a job. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I wish him success as long as the Broncos aren't beating the Chiefs. But, anyways, their run game is, I think, third in the league. So they're running the ball a lot better than they were last year with uh, CJ Anderson going down last year. And I think that it's really helped their offense now that Trevor Simeon is starting to struggle a little more and we're starting to see kind of a 2015 Broncos offense and defense. I think the defense is showing a lot of 2015. The corners are the same. They, they got, uh, some new schemes with the secondary, but the front seven's pretty much the same. And, uh, they got um, they got their defensive end Wolf back from injury, and he's looking good. They picked up from in free agency from uh, Cincinnati, uh, Dumato Pecco, uh, defensive lineman, and they've been stopping the run a lot better, and they've been getting after the quarterback. In fact, they're one of the highest blitzing teams in the NFL, and I think it was at thirty eight percent of the time they blitz, and. They looked really well, even with uh, DeMarcus Ware being gone, retired. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy opposite of Miller, because I know Shane Ray is hurt, but I forget, I think it's Barnett. He's looked good. I don't know if Shane Ray will step in and take his job. But they've looked really good on defense, and it, I mean, that's what won them the Super Bowl. So I think they are a real threat, not only in the AFC West, but in the AFC in general, if they keep playing the way that they are. Um, Next up is the Patriots. Patriots still have the high-scoring offense, very high-powered. I mean, you can't really not be high-powered when you have Tom Brady. But the defense, it has been awful. It's worst in the league across the board. Most yards given up, most points given up. Um, I think in three of their games, they've given up over 30 points. It's insane. They almost lost to the Texans if Brady didn't come back in less than a minute drive and score a touchdown. They would have lost to the Texans. They just lost at home again to the Carolina Panthers. So defense is struggling, and a lot of that is communication. Uh, you see guys trying to line up, trying to tell each other what to do, and then there's a blown coverage. And that's honestly a lot of it. I think that they have some very talented corners, but really that, I mean, the defense has just looked awful. And some of that I'm sure will get cleaned up knowing Bill Belichick, but some of it, it it's still going to linger for the season. And 
you have to wonder, are they really the team to beat this year? They definitely have not looked at their offense has, but when you're giving up that many points, I mean, that's what we talked about with the Raiders, you know, a while back is that you, you can't really be that team to beat if your defense is God awful. And yes, the Raiders defense is still bad. That secondary still can't really stop anybody. Their rookie corner that they've been praising that they drafted in the first round still can't get on the field hardly at all. If he's gotten, I don't even know if he's been on the field. If he has, it's been for one game. So definitely still something. Uh, I think the Patriots are not as big of a factor this year. Uh, we'll see as it goes on down the road. But next up is the Steelers. Failed to really get their offensive going. Uh, Bell, who... Um, held out during training camp and preseason is just now starting to look like himself. He's really struggled the first three weeks, and in week four he got a little bit going, but he still doesn't look like Le'Veon Bell. Um, really the only target for Roethlisberger is Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, you, you got weapons, but they're not getting it done. Uh, in fact... Roethlisberger was saying how he was going to try and spread out the ball more and he completely missed Brown op wide open downfield and Brown went over to the sideline and threw a cooler. He was so mad. He wants the ball and he is your best playmaker and if that's all you can do, I say give it to him. But their offense has not looked good and they they even lost to the Bears in week three, which was huge upset. And so defense is still the same. Um, JJ Watts brother who's playing linebacker. He's looked pretty good. Shazier is still really good. Very fast, big playmaker, but defense is still kind of the same. They, they, they got some pass rushers. Secondary still kind of eh, play a lot of zone that you can beat, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe once their offense gets going and on the same page, they'll be better. But I just I don't think that they are a big worry for me. Uh, the next up is the Texans, who I mentioned almost beat the Patriots. They just ended putting up 57 points up on the Titans this last weekend. Uh, after rolling out in week one, starting Tom Savage, and then Bill O'Brien their head coach saying screw this and at halftime putting in rookie Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Uh, I, I really did not like how they handled that, but uh, Watson's looked good. He's thrown some interceptions, but he's thrown quite a bit of touchdowns as well and rushed some as well. So my thing is I want to see him against a defense that is, you know, like Kansas city, which we will see, this coming weekend on Sunday night football as the chiefs head to Houston. And I want to see what he does against a good defense. You know, we've seen him play against the Patriots. We've seen him play against the Titans. I want to see what he has against a good defense. And that'll be a real test to see if they are a big threat in this. I mean, obviously I think that they can win their division, Colts are still pretty trash, especially without Andrew Luck. Um, the Jaguars can't decide if they want to blow someone out or get blown out themselves. They just lost to the Jets in overtime. Uh, the Titans have looked really bad. So I think the Texans will probably make the playoffs just because they're going to win that crap division. But 
I don't know how much of a threat they are until we play them on Sunday night and see what Deshaun Watson can do against a good defense. The other teams that you really think of when you're thinking about the race for the AFC are the Ravens, who have looked garbage. Flacco is just absolutely terrible. Um, in fact, they pulled him because he had like 59 yards in like three quarters. And th- that offense has just looked god-awful. The defense has looked all right and pretty good in some instances. But, I mean, they gave up like 40-something against the Jags. So, definitely not worried about the Ravens. Definitely not worried about the Bengals. Um, definitely not worried, like I said, about the Titans or Jaguars, really. So, I mean, your real threat, I think, is in your division. I think it's the Denver Broncos if they keep playing the way that they are. So, I think we'll have to keep an eye on that. But through four weeks, I think that Chiefs are definitely on top. They're the team to beat, obviously, 4-0 and with a really good track record so far. And I think the Broncos are right behind them. I think that defense is very solid. Uh, still have some you know, problems on offense, mainly at quarterback, but you still got two really good playmakers on the outside. You got good run game. Like I said, third in the NFL right now. So I definitely would not write off the Broncos right now. I, I still wouldn't write off the Raiders at making a wild card spot, uh, even with Carr being out for a couple weeks. But I'd, I'm never really threatened by the Raiders because I know that if they have to play the Chiefs, especially late in the year, even if it's in the playoffs, I think that Bob Sutton has Derek Carr's number, and Derek Carr is 1-5 against the Chiefs. I have full confidence that we can beat them, so I'm not threatened by them. A little worried about the Broncos. Uh, Steelers and Patriots, maybe they'll get their crap together in the next couple weeks, but I'm not too threatened by them. Uh, Texans, we'll see this weekend. And the rest, I have no worries. So that's really what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, But I wanted to end on two things. I wanted to tell you guys some stats that I found very interesting. And then I wanted to get to your guys' questions. But first, we'll start off with the stats that really kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, First and 10 rushing yards. Kareem Hunt is number one with 284 yards on first downs. He is averaging 11.4 yards per rush on first and 10. He's averaging a first down on first down every time he gets the ball. I mean, that's insane. Give the guy the ball on first down. Keep it up. Really enjoy that. I did not realize it was that big. Uh, one thing that did not surprise me was the Chiefs blitz the least in the league at 14%. God, I'm so tired of this. Um, one that I think the rest pretty much actually surprised me a little bit. Um, the Chiefs in scores per drive, which how many, how often they score, they're in fourth place with 46.5% of their drives. They end up scoring. Uh, Very impressive. Explosive plays, which entails run plays over 11 yards and pass plays over 15 yards. They rank 8th at 33. Third down pass defense. Teams are are 18 and 41, which is 44% successful on third down. Zero touchdowns and three interceptions. That 
is a huge upgrade from last year. If you remember last year, the Chiefs could not get off the damn field last year on third down. And now, teams are 18-41 and 41 passing against the Chiefs on third down. That is fantastic. And I'm going to be writing an article about the secondary, mostly about Terrence Mitchell. But it shows that the secondary is improving week to week. And I think that we can stop with the Terrence Mitchell stuff right now. And, you know, last week against the Chargers, he had two interceptions. He had a couple pass deflections. In this game, he had two pass deflections as well. I'm When I was, I was going back over, I could be wrong, but I only saw his guy get a completed pass two times, and that was in the first quarter combined for 17 yards. There are some that were zones that, that weren't like his guys or that were very noticeable his guys. But when it was man-on-man, man, he allowed two. And both those pass deflections, he came in there and dove to get his hand in there. And one of them was a big hit too. So I am very impressed with uh, how Terrence Mitchell has gotten into game shape again. You know, he didn't play all preseason, so yes, his first two games were a little rough. But these last two weeks, he has stepped up. And you guys got to realize, one, he's not Marcus Peters. Quit comparing him to Marcus Peters. Second of all, like I said, he didn't play all preseason. He's got to get back into shape. But third, he is probably the most targeted corner in the league. He's going to give up some, including some deep ones. He's When you're getting targeted that often, you're going to give up some plays. Overall, I think he has done outstanding the last two weeks. And I'm tired of hearing fans bash on him. In fact, I think that Philip Gaines has done pretty well the last couple weeks. He's had some good, you know, stopping the run even the past couple weeks. There's been multiple times where I've seen Gaines get in the backfield and tackle somebody behind the line. So, I think that the worry on the secondary definitely needs to slow down. I think they've looked a lot better. And against some pretty higher-powered offenses, yeah, the Chargers haven't been that great this year. But, I mean, Phillip Rivers, I still give him credit. I still respect him. I respect Kirk Cousins. I'm, I am completely okay with what we've seen the last couple weeks from our secondary. So, that one was surprising but at the same time it wasn't um another one kelsey has eight 100 plus yard games including this season and last season tied for first with julio jones so everyone can calm down that travis kelsey isn't getting the ball enough i know that was a lot last week yeah he probably should have gotten more than one but He's tied for first in 100-plus yard games in the last this season and last season. That's very impressive. A tight end. So calm down, everybody. I know you want to see all your playmakers have 100-yard games every game. It's not going to happen. So I am very impressed with all of those. Um, but now we will get to your questions. Uh, I had a few of you that asked some questions and wanted uh, some clarifications or what I thought. So let's get into those. 
first I will start off with MC Scotty Mac at 1975 Chiefs fan. Of course, just like last week, you sent me a few of them, and I'm, I'm going to answer all of them, and you had some statements as well. Uh, the first one is, why isn't Sutton rushing a safety or a linebacker, and where is Chris Jones? He's He hasn't done anything lately, or is our defensive line not that good? I wrote an article over on Arrowhead Addict. If you want to check it out, I'll post it up tomorrow probably so you can go look at that. Um, I touched base on this. Sutton is dropping eight almost all the time. So most, almost every play, you're having three linemen rush. So that means two of your guys are going to get double teamed at least. It's hard to get pressure when you're rushing three almost every play. And you don't have Justin Houston coming in hardly at all and there was a stat on the i don't know against the redskins but against the chargers he only rushed the passer 46 percent of the time so i think that sutton is trying to help his uh secondary that you know try and cover up you know any weaknesses there with uh steven nelson out but i'm just as frustrated as you I am tired of this constant dropping eight. I want to see Houston do what he does best. I definitely don't want to see another Justin Houston covering Vernon Davis. That drives me insane. But I, I, I feel your frustration there. Chris Jones, he has looked good. He's still bullying offensive linemen if you watch the tape and go back and look at it. But he's just not getting the sacks. We didn't have a single sack against the Redskins. So... I'm, I I think that our defensive line is just fine. Uh, like I said, you can go and find that article on Arrowhead Addict. I covered uh, pretty much the starting defensive lineman. I covered Chris Jones in there, uh, Benny Logan, and I even had R&R in there, and then Alan Bailey. Uh, Alan Bailey, or not Alan Bailey, but R&R actually had only, I think, four snaps against the Redskins. So they're giving... Uh, Chris Jones, all of his reps, but not worried about the defensive line at all. Uh, the lack of getting Hill the ball is baffling to you, and uh, I touched base on that a little bit earlier. Your playmate, Not every playmaker, when you have three or four of them, is going to get the ball consistently every week. I think that... I think they could use him a little more. But like I say, you're going to rotate your playmakers in and out. So I'm not as worried as a lot of you are. So your next one is, why is Houston covering people and DJ has been quiet? Where is our rookie pass rusher? I thought he was supposed to be good. That was another thing I touched base on earlier that Passino is not ready in my opinion. I could be wrong. I haven't seen him since the preseason. But very raw talent and needs a lot of development. And so I don't expect him to be coming in till at least midseason. You'll see him on a couple snaps here and there, but I don't expect to be seeing him hardly at all. I think that they're very confident in Zombo being able to fill in for D Ford and be able to fill in even when D Ford's in there, be able to rotate guys in and out. Um, DJ, he's been a little quieter, I guess. I think he's lost a step a little bit, but some of that's age and injuries. Um, but I still see him making plays in the backfield. I still see him stopping the run. He's not as fast as he used to be, or even last year, but um, he's still there. You you see him getting in the backfield. You see him 
wrapping up running backs, not at all worried. Um, but at the same time, I would not be as surprised if he wasn't starting at the end of the season. Hot take, maybe. Um, I love DJ as much as every other Chiefs fan, but he he has lost a step. He's still the smartest guy in the defense and still runs that defense for the most part. But I'm, I would not be surprised if they decide that Raglan's the way to go alongside and put in Rameek Wilson and, or have DJ and Rameek Wilson kind of rotate in and out, rotate the middle linebackers a little bit like they do the outside linebackers. And that has to go a little bit with your question, Brad Wingo at Chiefs Vol Fan 20. Um, you asked why was Rameek Wilson benched? And like I said, I think that the Chiefs wanted to see what Raglan can do. They hadn't seen him in an, that was his first NFL game um, on Monday night, and they wanted to see where he was at. And um, he didn't do a whole lot. Uh, he definitely wasn't that thumper that you know we saw from him in college, but they wanted to see him get some snaps. I think he had like twenty three or something like that snaps on Monday night. But um, I'm not at all worried. Um, I think that. As of right now, yeah, Wilson is the better uh, guy there. But they want to see if they can get Raglan going and if he can be his college self. And if that's the case, I'll have Raglan in there all day. Um, so next next one um, we get to, I posted today, I only had a couple of you guys to respond to this tweet. I asked you, who are your overrated and underrated players for the Chiefs? And... Curtis McMillan at McMillan underscore Curtis. You said D Ford is your overrated and Chris Conley is your underrated. I want to applaud you. I told you on Twitter that there was not enough like buttons on this because as you guys know, I, I do think D Ford is overrated and I think that he's a liability in the run game. Um, he's a good pass rusher, but hasn't seemed to really, get to the quarterback this year, uh, especially being back on his side. Um, I think he looks, he looked faster, but he's still not getting to the quarterback. I still see the same old moves from him. Um, Chris Conley, as you know, is my biggest underrated player for the chiefs and someone that I really have high beliefs in and he's been reliable. He, he's strong hands, very physical guy. And we finally, when, when, he, when Alex Smith threw that deep bomb down the sideline to Chris Conley, trusting him when coverage was right there with him. Oh my God. I was so happy. I, I just tossed my phone. I was like, I'm done. I can, I can quit. I am happy now. Thank you. I love Chris Conley. I think that if he is used right and if Andy Reid would scheme him, not scheme him open really, but make more plays for him and Alex Smith trust him, I think that he can be a very big factor. I think that, you know, maybe when Mahomes steps in next year or the year after, I think that Chris Conley could be a huge weapon. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Des Bryant. Well, Des Bryant's overrated by a long shot so maybe he will be but um 
he's not going to be like Terrell Owens or anything like that, I don't think. But I think that he could be a Dwayne Bow with better hands. I like Chris Conley. I really do. And I want to see him get the ball more. Um, the other person that responded to this was Daniel Andrews at Dan Rules USUC. This one surprised me a little bit. Your overrated was Kareem Hunt, and your underrated was Justin Houston. Hunt is good, maybe great, but NFL MVP question mark. Houston should be considered as defensive NFL MVP. Okay. I don't think that Kareem Hunt is overrated. Um, I mean... I think when people talk about NFL MVP, they're talking more about their rookie MVP. Um, at this point, I would definitely, if I mean, if he plays like he has the last four weeks, I could definitely argue that he could be NFL MVP for sure. But I think people are more talking about rookie MVP than they are NFL MVP. But the guy has been a monster. And when we drafted him, I watched his tape. And it was it was just like when I was watching uh, Pat Mahomes. I thought it was outstanding. All the talent in the world. Great vision. Um, great balance. Never is the first tackler the one to bring him down. Great, great, you know, he didn't have great speed, but quickness. He could fit through tight spaces. He is just all around a very good running back. And I think that... When you look at the numbers and all the records he's breaking, I don't really think you can call him overrated at this point. I think that he is having an absolute wonderful start to his career and in the first four games. And they've been get against very good front sevens. And you you look at it and you know, the Redskins had the number two best rush defense. Best second best defense against the run yet he still broke 100 yards. Look at Philadelphia. Okay? He has been on fire. And I am I'm I would not say that he is overrated. Uh underrated Justin Houston? I could say that. I don't really hear anyone trash talking Justin Houston, but uh I think that Justin Houston is one of the top defensive players in the league. Not just at his position, but in the league in general, on the defensive side. Uh, he's great pass rusher. He's great against the run. And he's great in coverage. He's great at everything. Now, if you put him against a very much faster Vernon Davis, of course, he's not going to be able to keep up with him on, in a straight line. But I think that he is definitely, you could argue, an MVP for on the defensive side. But... I don't see that happening if Bob Sutton continues to drop him into coverage over half the game. Uh, we definitely need to see him, you know, going after the quarterback and getting more sacks. Uh, that's what people look at. People look at the stats. And if you look at the stats, he's only got, I think, three or four sacks, which is not bad, especially considering the fact that over half the game he's not rushing the passer. But I definitely agree if someone is talking bad about Justin Houston or underrating him, smack him in the face. Uh, sorry to promote violence on this show, but Justin Houston is back. And I, I am one of the people that is a little frustrated with how they're using him now that we finally have a fully healthy Justin Houston. So 
that was all of the questions and the comments on that tweet. I'm going to keep doing those. I really like the getting you guys involved. Like I said, uh, in other podcasts, I like hearing what you guys think. Um, so I'll keep putting out, you know, little questions like that and then keep sending the questions my way. If you have any, uh, questions about the game coming up in Houston, make sure to hit me up today as I will be recording the podcast for Friday on Thursday night. So make sure you get those into me today and I'll put out a tweet on Twitter to ask for those. But other than that, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to get more information regarding your Chiefs, make sure you follow me on Twitter at StephanNFL. You can go to Facebook and find the Facebook page at Another Screenplay, or you can go over to Arrowhead Addict and find any of my articles there. Make sure you leave a rating or review, and let me know what you guys want to hear from here on out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.